All right, you good? You good, Rob? Yeah. Let's go. Anybody got headphones? Hello, everyone. Very good to see you. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome to Cloud Realities, live at AWS reInvent 2022. It's a conversation show about what cloud-driven transformation really means for businesses and humans. I'm Dave Chapman, and as I said on the last show, unfortunately, Shalki Azal, my normal co-host, is not with us at reInvent at the moment. But stepping into her shoes is the roving reporter, Rob Kernahan. Rob, you good? Yes, all good. Good to be back. What have you been doing since we last did one of these things? So I have been squirreling around the event trying to find the interesting themes and they're starting to emerge. Right. Uh, we've had some great sessions with AWS as well around various things. So uh, yeah, we start to see a, pa a pattern now. So we'll wait for tomorrow's key keynotes as well and uh, Thursday, but we can start to see, you know, there's a definite uh, drive towards a particular um, change that AWS is shaping up for. Amazing. Look forward to hearing about that a bit later in the show. Cool. And how's the jet lag fogginess? Uh, it's still there, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. The haze is lifting, though. It is. You, you it are, is coming up. Yeah. You are looking brighter. Slightly peakier now yeah, this yeah, afternoon. Your we'll eyes are less goes. bloodshot than they were this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and, and joining us for this conversation today, I'm delighted to say we've got Phil LeBrun, enterprise strategist from AWS. Welcome, Phil. How are you Thank doing? Thank you. Yeah, fantastic. Apart from my feet and my head, my eyes. What? Uh, let me just check your shoes. Oh, you've got sensible shoes on. Trendy shoes. Yeah, digital yeah. shoes. Uh, digital shoes. What do they do? They just look digital. They take ten years. They take ten years off my face. A face made for radio, thankfully. I thought you were going to say that they're like tracked something, like your, your blood pressure and shit like that. But no, they just look digital. They just look cool. <laughs> Very good. Welcome. And how are you finding reinvent this year so far? Good. I mean, it's good to be back to normal. Yes, uh, last year, yesterday. No, yes. last year. Well, it, we were just saying it feels like yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it it, it was nice and intimate, but uh, this is back to the full-on craziness, which is reinvent. It it really is. And I've heard. I don't know what the number is, but I've heard anywhere between forty thousand and eighty thousand. Yeah, I heard about sixty, sixty-five thousand. Yeah, it's like back in the middle. Yeah. No. But yeah, it was twenty last year, wasn't it? So yeah. It's yeah. Very sizable, noticeable. But it's ridiculous. Given how many people are, are here, it's amazing how many people you bump into. So, oh God, I haven't seen you for years. That is tr that is really true. And, and I think the dangerous bit is when you get st stuck at a bar somewhere, and then waves of people that you know end up coming through the bar. It's like that becomes very difficult to oh, leave. Oh, so that's, that's your the excuse. excuse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad we've all cleared up that. <laughs> right. Okay, so today we're going to talk about what is actually a, an emergent theme, I think, in the conference, uh, and is actually one of the biggest challenges that we've got in the industry today, which is about the talent crisis and most fundamentally about the the whole subject of reskilling. So let let's just start basically with some like perspective on that, Phil. Like like how are Amazon how are Amazon perceiving? the talent crisis and the skills issue, and what's their perspective on it? Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting time. So if you look at a lot of the industry research, there's about a billion people, one billion people that need to be reskilled in the next 10 years. Right. Um, and it's sort of analogous to the industrial revolution. New technology comes along, and then people think, oh, I need some new skills to go along with this. So I think we all have an accountability to help reskill at skills, uh, reskill at scale. We've talked about um, giving 29 million people 
cloud skills over the next few years. Uh, we've got a lot going on with programs like Restart and community programs and a whole host of investments in uh, bringing people back to work, looking for different sources of skills. Right. Um, but right. It's, it's become a really common topic with the C-suite. Uh, yeah, we talk a lot about digital transformation, and I think most folks now get what digital transformation looks like. Mm. But the big sticking point isn't technology. The technology is no. now there to do pretty much anything. It's a, how do I bring people along? Do I need to go and hire a unicorn? Or even, even better, a herd of unicorns. Uh, yeah, they, they're easy to find as well, herds of unicorns, of course. They are, yes. Yeah. Yes, we, we have a couple in the UK, and new stock. Right. Of, uh, but you, you look for that, we need a data scientist that's transformed three right. companies uh, right, globally right, with right. a GPA of four. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. So, so in your mind then, what, what's, the, what's the process of reskilling? And, and how do you crack that problem that part, part of the unicorn example you've just given there is everybody wants experience. And when you're in, when you're in an industry with technology that's actually only been around like at best for about 10 years, there just isn't that many people that have been on that many journeys, especially if you look at, say, if you look at cloud adoption and depending on who you read, it's we're say, like 30% of the world's workloads at this point, something like that. You're optimistic today. Yeah, I think it's been a long day. I'll bring a bit of, you know, pizzazz to this. We're throwing out pizzazz-based stats. But the, um, yeah, so let's just say it's 30%, but therefore, there hasn't been that many people gone through it, and there certainly hasn't been that many people who have gone through it, and therefore are very experienced on multiple journeys. So, so, how do you crack that problem? Like, if you're reskilling your existing people, how do you how do you accelerate the maturity? It's a it's a complex question. I think it starts with leadership. It was a long question. It was a very long question. Let me give you a short answer. Yes, uh, the, the um, no. It is a. I think it starts with leadership. Uh, it's really interesting if you look at leadership. So, if you acknowledge digital transformations, a team sport. It's not an IT thing. Yeah. It's about having skills in the right areas of the business to understand how to use technology, how to use data. Ninety-two percent of data issues are still people, organization, and culture. Right. So. If the leadership get that, then it becomes a whole lot easier. But if you look at boards of directors, between six and 13% of, um, of individuals at board of director level have enough technology knowledge to do their job. To, not to do a technology job. Yeah. About 25% of the C-suites, even within the CIO ranks, if you haven't come up through an app dev type routes and you've run infrastructure or large contracts, you don't necessarily know what good looks like. So right. Right. firstly, it's understanding what can you do? Yeah, what's the answer to the possible with technology? What are those skills you need? Secondly is you've got the people, typically you've got the people you need, they may not have the skills you need. So how do you create a learning environment? So this isn't about sending people on training courses. Yes, certifications are important, but 70 to 90% of learning is on the job. Right. So how do you give people that opportunity to experiment and learn in the workplace rather than just be seen as needing to perform? Right, and, and so what have you seen in terms of good practice then in other organizations or perhaps in AWS itself that sort of helps along that journey? One of the things I love that we do is one of the leadership principles is learn and be curious. So higher, the, the half-life of skills has gone from about 20 years in the 1960s to five years now, probably less for technology. Right. So, if you accept the people you hire, the skills you hire today are probably going to be different to the skills you need in the future. 
you need to hire people who want to learn, who want to be curious, who are asking those questions. That sort of childhood mentality we used yeah. to have, you know, why is the sky blue? Yeah. No one ever answered that question for me, which really annoyed me. But asking those sort of questions. Is it to do with the brain? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's actually to do with clouds. Hey, look at that, so we yeah. did there. Um, or the cloud, the yeah. AWS cloud. Yeah. Um, the, um, so, you know, f first, it's a, some of that is about hiring people who want to learn, creating an environment which encourages learning, which yeah. doesn't necessarily say, hey, you're a leader, you must have the right answer. You know, good, I see this a lot in AWS. Good leaders say, I don't know. Can you explain right. that? Why right. do we do it, do it that way? Uh, well, it talks, it talks about quite a lot of leadership change, I think, that where like leaders in certain organizations, so let's say more traditional organizations, who are used to, say, leading from the front um, and, and having to have the answer and then, in inverted commas, inspire the troops versus a leader that's kind of in a more supportive leadership position whose job is to create a safe space to allow the sort of exploration and play. I like the word play and, and play. And, and it, it's a bit of a cliche now, but the whole sort of failure and iteration element of of development and learning. And what's going on there, do you think, in terms of it, when you look at leaders across organizations, do you see many sort of making the shift from the inspirational leader to the supportive leader? Because actually, it takes quite a lot of courage to go on that journey, I think. It does. I, I, I think we're seeing it more. And yeah, during COVID, that was an accelerator. Very uh, so, yeah. You know, the, less of the who's sitting outside my office door, who's bumped into into me in the corridor, a democratization of access to leaders. Yeah. Um, more skip level communications. More. I, I don't think you lose the inspiration piece. I still think having that sense of purpose mm. is critical. It's like the old story when JFK went to NASA in 1962 and saw the janitor. If that janitor was in most organizations and was asked, what do you do? Mm. He or she would answer, well, I just clean the floor where the boss tells me to, and then I go home and, yeah, it's, how dull. Instead, what did the janitor say? I'm helping put someone on the moon. Absolutely, why, so you still want that sense of purpose and give people the autonomy and mastery they need in the role. So that piece is still critical, but I agree, it takes a bit of bravery for a leader to say, I may not have the answers, but it's sort of obvious they can't possibly have all of the answers right. in the world we live in. Well, it, it, just, just that admission, and the creation of the right and the creation of the right conditions is going to lead to a far more a far improved collaboration. Never mind a learning journey for the people around them, right? No, exactly. So, and it's it's also up to leaders to demonstrate they are going on a learning journey too. This isn't about yeah. you, the troops. You need to change, but I'm good. Yeah, it's, I'm it's about. The, I'm going to stay the way I've been for the last twenty years. Well, yeah, but I've seen some improvement in how you've been performing recently. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so when so us uh, like chief executives and boards getting engaged in this conversation now do you think as it as it percolated up the ranks enough for that to be a serious conversation I mean I I, I probably perceive the pandemic helped with that journey too it did because I think there was a realization that um, technology had a central role in communications call centers for yeah. example yeah. if I can't get into my data center well. It doesn't matter if you're in the cloud. So th there was an element of that, but there's also the reality. If you were hiring a chief marketing officer today and that chief marketing officer said, well, I have, I have no idea about data, would you hire him or her? No, I mean, absolutely. how do you, you need to be able to understand data enough to 
do personalization, targeting, segmentation, CFO the same? Well, there is a, I, I think a great analogy for this is, is say, financial skills. So if you're, if, you're a, if you're a leader or a manager in any organization and you can't do your budget, that would be, that would be a very serious issue you'd be having at that point in time. I think digital skills are getting to the point now where basically, if you, if you aren't understanding the digital exploit for the, for, for the job that you're doing, it's going to be a pretty severe gap in terms of keeping your organization competitive. Well, if you, if you accept there's three massive competitive levers you have in an organization, how you spend your money, how pe what people do, and then how they use technology and data. So often we ask the C-suite, how many of you are really bad leaders who hate finance? Right. You can guess how many hands got. Right. So why is it acceptable when the question is asked, how many of you understand technology yeah. for everyone to say, well, I don't? Yeah, yeah. And you know, you, unfortunately, you look at a lot of the executive MBAs, some of the top executive MBAs in the world, they're not teaching our next generation to be 21st century leaders, they're teaching them to be 19th century factory yeah, leaders. Yeah, industrial age leaders. So let's, let's maybe bring the conversation to a little bit of a conclusion for now by talking about some advice. So I guess, I guess there's, there's two levels to this. Uh, I think the first is, what would you give advice to leaders? And that, and that can be any level of strata of leader that you, could, you wanna choose. But, but maybe more importantly, I'm somebody who has worked in data centers on traditional technology for the last um, you know, 25 years of my career. Like, where do I start? Well, if we start with um, your first question, which I've already forgotten. It was the leader one, if I was a leader. If, uh, yeah. What would the leader do? I mean, firstly, accept that you're going to, if you're going to be a great organization that attracts and keeps great talent, you're going to have to be a great investor in people. So don't expect someone else to uh, breed miracle data scientists or cloud engineers. You become really, really good at your onboarding process. Give people the opportunity, the psychological safety in your organization to learn new skills, recognize those skills, laud those skills, um, accept that, I wouldn't necessarily say um, praise failure, but recognize that during learning, you're gonna make mistakes. Right. Um, and that's a good thing, because it shows you're actually yeah, pushing the boundary. Yeah, yeah. But create that continual um, desire to learn. So mm. rather than this one time everyone's gonna go on a TQM or a Six Sigma course, how do you learn all the time? Make it part of the day-to-day -day job. Things like retrospectives as a leader, correction of errors, whatever those things you send that message that you yourself are learning and you want your organization to learn. Mm. Um, but you asked a really interesting question. If you've been a brilliant data center engineer for 25 years, and then someone comes along and say, hey, Johnny, good yeah. news, we're moving to the cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, so the reaction is natural. It's fear, it's denial, it's, right. it's all blocking, that. Blocking the change. Absolutely. And, you have to address the what's in it for me. It's not that that person's done a bad job. They've actually done a brilliant job. And because they've done a brilliant job, your company's thrived. But what got you here isn't going to get you there. So what's in it for them? How does this, how's this going to help them? I mean, there's many factors to that. Where are they in their career? What do they want to do in the future? But you've got to paint that picture of a brighter upside with this change and give them the opportunity to, to, to practice, to you know, send them on certifications put them through their cloud certifications, get them speaking the language, but then give them the opportunity in the workplace to practice those skills. Move a small workload to the cloud. Mm -hmm. you fail, you know, the old thing about think big, start small, learn quickly. Very good, thank you, Rob. <laughs> Bill. 
the hosting thing. And most importantly, remember your people's names. <laughs> Total failure of leadership. If On can't, that isn't note, it? we've yeah. got our roving reporter, Philia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, George. Um, so anyway, uh, so, so some great points about the experiential thing there. I think the failure of leadership to communicate a compelling why should you change and why is the time to change and then support people to get the skills. Uh, re really key points. And also, technology is the new business, yeah? So you should understand it as well as you do your spreadsheets. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. So Rob, what have you found in the show? So, a few more themes coming out for us here. But today has been a day of evolution and not revolution, if you mm. define it that way. So we've been tra tracking what's going on, but we see uh, a lot of growing maturity in the services, especially around controls and data, which goes back to the sovereignty point. Sovereignty point, yeah. And the big blog that went out uh, uh, two days ago. Um, there have been some quite exciting things that came out around uh, just walkout technology by Amazon, so the Amazon Go type uh, thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the whole computer vision, sensor data, frictionless shopping. Yeah, the idea of walking in and coming out without going through the checkout. So right. that zero touch. And I think if you've ever done it, it is a bit scary the first time you go in, but hey, it is very it's, convenient. It, it's, it's run through a series of cameras, right? Like yeah, yeah. hundreds of cameras installed in the shop, I think. Isn't yeah, it? you scan as you go in, they know who you are, yeah. they've identified you, they track you around, and they watch you. So it, it is uh, very good. In fact, it's been deployed uh, in the UK and in sports stadiums in the US, where you get high volume crowds in at particular times. And actually, there was one stat, it's very impressive, sales went up by three times in one store because they went frictionless. So if you think about that from a retail perspective, how often have you turned up a store, seen a big queue and thought, no, but if you can walk in and right. come out, then that's better and, sales. And did, to dig into that a little bit, and it might be that you haven't got the data, which is fair enough, but like, was that people spending three times as much? No, it was- Or was it a higher volume of traffic? Higher footfall. That higher is footfall through, which is a great way because, you know, the big queues can to turn you off if you want to get your so it, uh, so it wasn't that what, you could, what you could leap to is like oh people are just picking up more because it sort of you know in inverted commas feels free it's actually that there was legitimately <laughs> more was, people was yeah. higher footfall which was really really interesting um, along with that power of data continues to rise there's been a lot talked about in uh, sex specifics and ML uh, one really interesting one was AWS supply chain. So post-COVID, when your supply chain got all wibbly-wobbly and you didn't know what was going on, the ability to create a supply chain data lake connected to your SAP system, right. get visibility, you can drive operational excellence, you can react to the differing things that are going on within that. Um, um, and what's the release around that? Is that like a specific coordinated platform tool set? Yeah, so you get, uh, connect everything together, brings your data together, gives you visibility of what's going on, one place, the truth. If you go to many organizations that have this type of architecture, it can be um, a bit like an explosion in a spaghetti factory. When yeah. you try and sort it out, where's my data? How do I get at it? This is a way of getting visibility of that data really quickly and being able to adapt your supply chain so you don't get dead stock in warehouses no, and things cool. like this. So that yeah, was quite cool. cool. Um, the other one on that was Amazon Security Lake, which is a similar sort of thing, but the sort of spot security issues before they become issues, a bit like Minority Report of Security, where they can catch you before you've committed yeah. the crime type do they, thing, do which I thought the, was quite uh, interesting. Do they have the same, you know, central area where they've got those pre-cog, pre-cog, is that how they're doing it? People who come and tap me on the shoulder and yeah, say, yeah. you're not releasing that to live today, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there was a bit about remote working and VDI, uh, which continues to be a bit, a lot of people sit on the fence with VDI about the user experience, but again, pushing that service higher for those who need to use it. Um, good use case around connecting to HPC, which right. is rising as well on high-performance compute. But yeah, and the, yeah, and so the, v, the VDI point, is that is that the same service that's been there for quite some time now, kind of repositioned, or is it like a functionally uplifted service? So, a bit of functional uplift and more ways to connect. 
right. and better performance model around it. So we have to wait and see how that actually performs in, in live because it always um, spits the audience VDI. So it does. See, but there was some good announcements about that earlier as well. Interesting. Thanks, Rob. Phil, what are your um, observations of the show so far? Any big themes sticking out for you? Uh, I am still annoyed that most hotel rooms don't have coffee. Yeah. I mean, what is going on? I mean, is it inflationary pressure? I can get a tequila at two o'clock in the morning. I can't get a cappuccino. Um, it is problematic that I agree. I, I like I've, I've struggled to find a, a coffee on the show floor because we, we're here working on this, and you have to go out for a, you know quite a big walk to get a coffee. Oh, we've got a really nice barista upstairs. Uh, you, could you get personal no, access to that? Uh, I've got personal access, yes. <laughs> Look at that. You're flaunting your perks. <laughs> you weren't invited here to flaunt your perks. <laughs> but I agree. It's, uh, there's a lot of evolutionary change, which is good, because I think, think there's still, you know, if you go back to data, there's still a lot of fundamental issues with yeah. businesses getting value from the data they have. How do we make the technology even easier to get rid of any technology, perceived technology barriers, so you can really focus on things like uh, QuickSight Q. I mean, think, uh, you know, natural language querying of data. Yeah, amazing. You're taking, yeah. Like your Amazon Go example, how do you take the friction out of business intelligence? I know it is. It, it, it means that the technology becomes more accessible to those who are picking up the skills, but it makes it easy to interact. And when you get that business curiosity and they're able to interact with the technology directly, you get more powerful results. So the, 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 these are all good abstraction steps that just make it easier to get value. All right. Very good. Thanks, Rob. No problem. Setting a bar here for four next time, do you think? Uh, maybe. We'll see. Oh, You'll you have to judge me by gonna, the end of the week. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to dwindle through the week, <laughs> do you reckon, as the enthusiasm runs down. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It's a long way to go yet. Well, thanks very much, man. And look, Phil, we like to end each show by asking people about what they're most excited to do next. What are you most excited to do next, man? I hate to say go home because yeah. it will be nice to see my wife. That could again. be mis mis misheard. That could be. Yeah, misheard. but it's no. I love I love being here. My feet are sore already, and it's only day one, day yeah. two. What what day it is, is it? It's actually day one. This is like there was build day yesterday, pretty much with a uh, keynote in the evening. So yeah. this is day one, unbelievably. No, I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, to Schwami's. Uh, oh, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. That's always really interesting. Particularly last year, we saw a lot of democratization of access to machine learning, going yeah. back to education. Right. How do you put the power of technology into the hands of people who aren't traditionally technologists? Things like Amazon SageMaker Canvas. I think we're going to see more and more of that over time. So I'm really interested to see what he's, uh, he's cooking up. All right. No previews. Have we had any previews? Uh, I'd have to shoot you. Yeah, yeah exactly. You probably don't want that. But no, no previous. <laughs> <laughs> Not on the expo floor, anyway. Yeah, no, that would be that would be violent. But look, look. Thanks a lot for your time. It, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Phil, and get your insights. So thanks very much indeed. Good to see you, Rob. Always a pleasure. Thank you very and much. I look forward to tomorrow's trends. Uh, see you tomorrow. Yeah, you will indeed. All right. So uh, we're all on LinkedIn. Do feel free to connect to us, and we'll see you back in the reinvent reality next time. Thank you very much.